The following shiur is presented by Dayan Shlomo Cohen, Dayan in Beddin Ahavat Shalom in Yerushalayim, an author of Pure Money. For more shiurim or information, please visit vshc.org or call 1-844-200-TSHC. That's 1-844-200-8742. Hi everybody, this is Rabbi Shlomo Cohen with the shiur on Parshat Vayigash. Yosef had two children, Menashe and Ephraim. When we bless our children, what do we say on a Friday night? These two children of Yosef, we don't really know much about them. We don't hear much about them in Chumash, about who they were, what they did during their lifetimes. What was special about them, that even today, after so many generations, we're blessing our children and saying that they should be like Ephraim or Menashe. We're not saying that they should be like Avraham, Yitzchak and Yaakov. When blessing the girls, we say, the matriarchs are imaot. That's who we bless our girls that we want them to be like. The great mothers of Israel, the people that we know so much about, about their tremendous sacrifices for the Jewish people, about the great things that they did during their lifetime. And that's how we bless our children. So why don't we bless our boys that they should be like Avraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, the great Avot that we know so much about. We have a whole Chumash about them, about the great things they did, about their lifetimes. Yet, nevertheless, we are blessing our children they should be like Ephraim, Umenashe. We see when um, Yitzchak gave the bracha to Menayim, Ephraim and Menashe. Well, Menashe was the firstborn, not Ephraim. And we see that he crossed his hands, even though Menashe was brought to him on, so that his right hand would be put on Menashe and his left hand on Ephraim, which was what would be expected as Menashe was the firstborn. Nevertheless, he crossed his hands and put his right hand on the head of Ephraim and not Menashe. He wasn't taking away from the firstborn rights of Menashe. He was giving his bracha the, 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 with his right hand to Ephraim. But we still have to understand before we can get into some halachot that are connected to this um, why is it that today we're blessing our children that they should be like Menashe, Ephraim and Menashe? What was so special about these two guys? Ephraim and Menashe were born in Egypt. They were born in Egypt at a time when Yosef was the top man there and their father Yosef. The other, um, and you can imagine, we know that Egypt was a place that was deep in Tumah. All the 
the worst types of idol worship and the most uh, derogatory and de degrading things were being done there. That was their society. To bring up children in such a society is a real challenge. And it's one of the big challenges that we in our time are facing. We're living in such an age that it's so difficult for young people and for old people as well to keep straight, to keep on a straight path. There's so many distractions around us. The internet is closing in on us with its being open to all sorts of things that we would want to maybe keep away from our children, all sorts of influences that we would want to keep away from them. And they're all coming into our homes. <clears throat> we can imagine that that's how Ephraim and Manasseh were living in Egypt. They were surrounded. They were a rich family, a wealthy family there, and they were surrounded by the Egyptian idol worshippers. And nevertheless, they grew up to be tzaddikim. They grew up straight to be good Jews. They didn't get um, damaged spiritually by what was going on around them. That was the greatness of Ephraim and Manasseh. And that is why we're blessing our children that they should be like Ephraim and Manasseh because that is the big challenge that we have and the big thing that we're praying for with our children is that even though they're going to be exposed to so many outside influences which it could cause them tremendous spiritual damage, nevertheless we pray that we're going to be able to bring them up as straight, good, respectable and Torah observant Jews. As I said before, the fact that um, Yitzchak put his right hand on Ephraim's head and his left hand on Manasseh's, which was the wrong way round, it should have been that Manasseh would have got the blessing from his right hand. Yitzhak, of course, said that they're both going to be great. But we know that there are special halachot connected to the firstborn. A firstborn child receives a double portion in the estate of his father. Let's say the father, the a father has three sons, and one of them is a firstborn. So let's his estate is going to be divided into four portions. Two portions will go to the firstborn, and the remaining two portions will be divided between the other two brothers. That's the double portion that the firstborn gets. The only time he gets this double portion is in what's called Matsui. That's property that is owned and in the possession of the father at the time he dies. To exclude money that's owed to him. If he's owed money, then he doesn't get a double portion in that money. If there's a debt of $100,000 to the estate, so... Someone owes the estate $100,000. So all the money that's in the estate will be divided, as we said, 
We'll divide it into four portions. <coughs> the two, and the, the, the firstborn gets a double portion, gets two portions of those four. But of the $100,000 that is owed to the father, he doesn't get a double portion. That will be divided three ways. Some ask, what happens to money in the bank? Well, we all know that money in the bank isn't actually there. So when we put money in the bank, it's actually a loan to the bank. If it's a loan to the bank, then of course the firstborn wouldn't be getting a double portion in any money that's in the bank. How do we know it's a loan to the bank? Because the money isn't there. Even though they may call it a deposit when we put money in the bank, but actually it's not a deposit. It's a loan because they're spending the money, they're using the money, they're not keeping the money in their safe. It's, we all know that if you want to, the way to destroy the banking system is to go and ask for your money back. Right? If we were all to go to the bank and ask for our money back, they wouldn't have it. Because they spent it all. They keep a very small percentage of all the money that we put in the bank in the actual safe for them to give out to people. And it's really all based on trust that we believe that whenever we want our money back, we'll be able to get it. But it's a loan to the bank. So really it should be that the firstborn wouldn't get a double portion in money that's in the bank. Some say that actually, if it's in a Jewish bank, where there's a heta iska, to solve the problem of ribit. So the heta iska provides that of the sum that you put in the bank, half of it is a loan, and half of it is a deposit. So I've seen some posting that would say that in such a situation... Uh, the half of the dip, of the amount in the bank, the the firstborn would get a double portion, because it's considered like a deposit, whereas the half that's a loan he wouldn't. Others disagree and they say with all the money that's in the bank, he wouldn't get a double portion, and there are others who say that with all the money in the bank he would get a double portion. So. We all have to rely on our rabbis. Let's not get into that question right now. Like I said, we, like we all know, right? There's two are Jews and three opinions. There's a number of different opinions here. Each person should follow, should discuss it with his rabbi as to, as to what he's supposed to do. Today, many people prefer to divide up their property with a will however they would like, giving even people that are not due proper heirs according to the Torah, a portion of their estate. Many people will leave a portion of their estate to their wives. According to the Torah, the wife doesn't inherit. Many people will want to give a portion of their property to their daughters, who again, according to strict Torah, law, also don't inherit. And many will not want to give the Bechor a double portion of all their property. So what many people do nowadays is they write a will. They need to take halachic advice when writing a will. Because there are a number of pitfalls. And the will must also be valid according to the law of the land. It must be a will that will be accepted in court. Because you never know where your will is going to end up. 
So you need to take serious halakhic and legal advice when making a will. But that's what many people would rather do today because they do want to have their property divided up in a different way to the way the Torah um, demands. But does that mean that they're in some way transgressing the Torah? So first of all, what many people do, and many rabbis I know advise this, is that they should leave a sum, even someone who wants to divide his property if with a will, would leave a sum, a significant sum, right? The Moshe Feinstein mentions this, and other posts him, he would leave a sum of, of uh, $10,000, maybe less. I know people that do it with $1,000. Rav Brandsdorfer here in Israel, I know, has told, used to tell people to do it with $1,000. To be divided amongst the children according to strict Torah law. They would give away the rest of their property with a will, however they want to do it, and they would leave a specific sum that will be divided between the children according to, according to strict Torah law, with the firstborn, of course, receiving a double portion, and the other children a regular portion. As we said before, they divided up like that. And that's considered that you've kept the halakha. The far, this last sum was divided up, has been divided up according to the Torah, even though the previous sum money has not been. There's an isur in the Torah of what's called ma'avoy achsanta. That's transferring uh, money and not giving it to your legal heirs. To your legal halachic heirs, I mean, of course, yeah? Um, and it does, is this a transgression of that? The answer is that with good rabbinical advice, you can solve that problem. Most people today, most halachic wills today, are done in the way of what's called a shtar chatzizachah. That's what we call a shtar itchayvut, with an obligation. The way it works, just very briefly, is like this. The owner, the father, admits to having a large debt to one of his siblings that doesn't inherit, and for example, one of his daughters, and um, a condition is made that if the the, the um, halachic in, uh, heirs agree to divide up the estate in the way that the father wishes, and that what father has said in his secular will, then the debt is cancelled. So let's say someone dies with an estate of $10 million. The, 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 a daughter is now owed a debt of $10 million, so she'll take the whole estate. Unless the other brothers will give her a portion in the way that the father asked them to do in his halachic will, or in his secular will, sorry. That's the way that many people do. So now the Bechor, the firstborn, has received his portion. But he himself has an interest in giving it to giving away part of it to the other people that are mentioned in the father's will, in order that there shouldn't be this tremendous debt over the estate. And from which he will end up getting nothing then. So 
that is briefly the way that this works. And by doing that type of a will, where the firstborn is actually giving away the money by himself, of his own free will, so there's certainly no problem of what we call Iburia Santa, of not giving uh, the, the relations, the, the siblings that are supposed to be inheriting, according to Torah law. Certainly no problem. Others do it another way, that other halachic wills are written in a way that the property is given away before the person dies. And uh, by doing it in that way, then you need this thing that I mentioned before, that a certain amount of money is left, which is divided according, up according to the Torah, so that there won't be a problem of Iburia Santa. Sorry, if, if, sorry, if the estate is divided up before the person dies, then of course there is no problem of Iburia Santa. Only if the, if the person dies and then we're not dividing it up according to the Torah law, is there a problem? Okay, but as I said, many people today write a halachic will in the way that I mentioned. They leave a son to be divided amongst the children according to strict Torah law. I must say that someone who just did that will in, um, with a secular lawyer, nevertheless, many, many posts can agree that that is nevertheless a valid will. For the reason that thing as we know, well, the father knew at the time that he wrote that will, that it would be enforced by giving it over to his lawyers. He knows it'll be enforced. So we consider it as his clear will that this should be done. And it comes under the category of what we call mitzvah lekayem divrei hamet. There's a special mitzvah for the children to do things to perform what they know is the will of their father. And a secular will shows that, shows that what the father wanted, clearly. And that's why there are many poskim amongst them, the Achieza, that say that there's no problem today with just doing a secular will. But nevertheless, many, um, many Jews do take halachic advice and have a halachic will as well as a Jewish, uh, as well as a secular will. As far as giving away money to charity, is that considered as if you're not giving money to your children? You're taking money away from your children? It's agreed amongst the poskim that certainly it's a good idea even for someone to give some money to charity when he's, when he's passed or when he's passing or passed away because it's your last chance to do a mitzvah with your money, right? And who doesn't want to grab that chance? Like, like they say, you, you, the only thing you can take to, the, to your grave is your shrouds. So it's certainly a good idea even for someone to, to be giving some money to charity when they die. Um, but of course, right, every, every, it's all a personal decision. There's no obligation to do that. And it's a personal decision that everyone should discuss with their family and decide how best they want to do this and keep this special mitzvah. Um, and divide up their property. Bezat Hashem, may we all have long lives and not need wills. 
live to see Mashiach coming and there'll be Tchet Amitim and we'll all be together in Eretz Yisrael. I wish you all Shabbat Shalom and much Hatzlachai in everything you do. All the best. This audio series has been brought to you by the Sephardic Halakha Center. The center is committed to advancing research and application of Halakha in the Sephardic community nationwide. For a halachic consultation, monetary beddin services, to order this series or to sign up to receive the Sephardic Halakha Journal, or for all other information, please call 1-844-200-TSHC or email info at theshc.org to subscribe.